The heart of every problem is always the problem of the heart. That's what we want to look at, study, digest today. It's very important, basic, biblical truth. The heart of every problem, every single problem, the heart of every single problem is always the problem of the heart. That's true for family problems. That's true for financial problems. That's also true for the problem of all problems, the COVID-19 problem. The heart of the COVID-19 problem isn't a cash flow problem. It's not a government efficiency or lack of efficiency problem. The heart of the COVID-19 problem isn't a school or summer plan problem. Not at all. No, the heart of the COVID-19 problem is the problem of the heart. You see, what the Bible wants to teach us today is that the problem isn't out there. The problem's in here. It's in my heart. The Bible consistently and repeatedly teaches that the heart of every problem is always the problem of the heart. The Bible invites us to trust God. That's a response to the heart. The Bible wants us to believe in God's promises. That's a disposition of my heart. The Bible expects Christians to seek God, yearn after God. That's what we do with our hearts. The Bible expects believers to mourn over our sin, grieve over the plight of lost people, and lament over disease and darkness. We can't do that apart from the heart. The Bible also invites us to worship the Lord with singing, rejoice with gladness, enter His gates with praise. You can't do that without your heart. And above all, the Bible commands us to love God and love our neighbor from the heart. No wonder the Bible uses the word heart a whopping 763 times. We're in the third week of our sermon series called All Things New. We're looking, of course, at the book of Ezekiel, especially chapters 34 through 48. So far, we have rejoiced in God's gifts of a new shepherd, a new covenant. Today's gift, a new heart. When we use the word heart, uh, we often mean our emotional part of who we are. In other words, we say, she crushed my heart. That means that we're emotionally crushed. Sometimes we use the heart to indicate support. I'm behind you with all my heart. Still, other times we use the word heart to denote a change of direction. 
He was going in one direction, now he's going in a different direction. We would say he had a change of heart. When the Bible uses the word heart, lave in Hebrew, cardia, cardiology, cardia in Greek, the Bible doesn't only mean our emotions. The Bible doesn't only mean our support. The Bible doesn't only mean a change of direction. The Bible doesn't only mean (laughs) this large pumping organ that keeps blood flowing through my body. No. When the Bible uses the word heart, it means our emotions, our thinking, our desires, our inner life. That's why David prays in Psalm 51, verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. David's not asking for two things here, a clean heart and a new spirit. No, he's asking for one thing. (laughs) Heart and spirit are synonymous. They, They mean the same thing. Heart and spirit mean our spiritual, emotional, as well as our desires and our thinking, everything that's going on inside. And no wonder the Bible uses the word heart 763 times. Because you see, the heart of every problem is always, always, always the problem of the heart. It's not what's going on out there. That's not the heart of the problem. The heart of every problem is always what's going on inside, in my heart. And this truth is best explained in the Bible, in Ezekiel chapter 36. Let's take a look. First, we have the diagnosis. We have a heart of stone. Hard heart. Heart like a rock. A heart that is deader than a doornail. A heart that is not taking the gospel and pumping it through me and to me. A heart that... that (laughs) perpetually causes me only to think about me, myself, and I. A heart that is behind every sin I commit, whether it's a sin of commission or omission. Commission, the sins I do. Omission, the stuff I didn't do that I should have done. The diagnosis is clear. We have a stone-cold heart. It can't be cured. (laughs) It just can't. There's no type of medicine that can spiritually cure our stone-cold hearts. It just hasn't been developed. It will never be developed. Not to cure, we'll come back to this, but there's no cure 
for this stone-cold heart. Uh, We can no more make our stone-cold hearts beat with love than we can to take a heart that is stone-cold, a rock, and make it live again. No matter how hard I train, no matter how well I manage to live, no matter how hard I pray, I can't cure. My heart of stone. The diagnosis indicates that we have a situation that's terminal. That's the diagnosis. There's no cure. No cure, <laughs> and that's why we need a doctor. A, a, a doctor who's going to come along, and he's not going to try and cure our heart or massage our heart. He's not going to try and give us heart bypass surgery. No, he, he's not going to give us a stent or a valve or some medication. You see, there's no cure. <laughs> so brace yourself, here it comes. The only solution is heart transplant surgery. See, the doctor can take these old parts and and somehow repair them and cure them. He's got to do radical surgery. This is what Ezekiel says about the doctor. God is speaking here, and seven times we have the independent personal pronoun I. I, God says. Not you. See, it's not up to you. (laughs) God says it's up to me. Heart transplant surgery. I'll take, I'll sprinkle, I'll cleanse, I'll give, I'll put, I'll remove. (laughs) I will put. This is a stunning turn of events that I just don't need a little tweaking here and there, a little medication, a couple valves. No, I need radical new heart transplant surgery. Heart transplant can't be done by us. Heart transplant surgery is done to us. It's done by a doctor who's been trained, educated, has a staff, and has all the right equipment. I may think I'm a believer. I may talk like a believer. I may act kind of like a believer. But unless the doctor, God Almighty Himself, has performed heart transplant surgery on me, I'm not a believer. My heart can't be tamed or trained or taught. My heart needs to be totally removed. That's what God does. Ezekiel 36, 26. I will remove. No cure. <laughs> heart transplant surgery. I will remove the heart of stone, that cold, stubborn heart, and give you a heart of flesh. A heart of flesh implies a heart that's beating, that's alive, that is supple. A heart of flesh implies a heart that's tender toward Jesus and tender toward other people. 
the first heart transplant surgery was done when? Anybody know that? 1967, in South Africa, by Dr. Christian Bernard. In 1967, the world was amazed that in South Africa, they witnessed the first heart transplant surgery. The patient lived for another 18 days. Today, if you get a new heart, you're a recipient of heart transplant surgery, you will live on average 15 years. <laughs> when God performs his surgery on you, and you get the removal of your heart of stone that can't be cured, <laughs> but must be removed, you get this new heart, a heart of flesh. How long will you live? <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> that would be absolutely forever. So we have the diagnosis is grim. We've got a doctor <laughs> who's willing, ready, and able. What else do we need? We need a donor, right? Where are we going to find a donor? Where are we going to find someone who will give us their heart? Where is one person who's been born who hasn't suffered the diagnosis of a hard heart, as someone who wasn't born with this disability of a heart of stone, where are we going to find someone like that? Where are we going to find someone whose heart is amazingly loving and perfectly kind and absolutely perfect? Where will we find the donor? Well, you know, Jesus. Jesus is the only person who's ever lived. Imagine this. The only person who's ever lived whose heart is always beating with love, or to use the words of Ezekiel, has a heart of flesh. Perfect. You, you know, though, right, uh, when there's a heart's donor, there's been a tragic accident. It was probably a traffic accident, right? Uh, and we also know the, the tragedy that led up to Christ being our donor. <laughs> what a stunning piece of art. Beaten brutally, mocked repeatedly, hanging in darkness for three hours. And then, as only John picks up in his gospel, the final insult, the Roman spear thrust and the sudden flow of blood and water. But that heart that was pierced, that heart is alive. <laughs> that heart is beating. Easter is real. 
Jesus' heart beats lovingly for you forever. And the beating, loving, living heart of Jesus is so amazingly perfect that that heart can be placed in every believer of every time of every place. So let's move to the last of four points in this message. We've got the diagnosis and the doctor and the donor. (laughs) The decision. Let's say that tomorrow you find yourself in the hospital. You're in the ER. The, The doctor, the heart doctor, comes along and says, I've got really bad news for you. Your heart is shot. Your death is imminent. Uh, but I've also got really good news for you. There, there, there's been a gift. There's a heart donor. Will you let me transplant his heart and take out your old heart? It would be insane for us to say something like this. Uh, no thanks, Doc. I'll stick with the heart I've got. That's crazy. Who wouldn't, when faced with that decision, say, Doc, let's get it done? The doctor is ready. His services, free of charge. The donor is ready. His gift of a new heart, free of charge. It's in God's heart to give you a new heart. That's Ezekiel 37. Chapter 37. (laughs) They get more than just a new heart. They get a whole new body. But it's also in chapter 36. It's in God's heart throughout the Bible. It's in God's heart to give you a brand new heart. By the power and prompting of the Holy Spirit, I invite you to let Him do just that. Who among us doesn't want a new heart? Who among us doesn't want to stop posing and pretending? Who among us is sick and tired of allowing the gospel to ricochet off our hearts like BBs off a plate of steel? Who among us isn't grieved over the fact that often we're hooked up to a spiritual EKG and we render no spiritual pulse? Who among us doesn't want a heart that is tender toward Jesus and tender toward people? Who among us doesn't want a heart that is steadfast and steady, confident, courageous? This COVID-19 problem, this pandemic problem, it is bringing with us all kinds of other problems 
money problems, relational problems, school problems, isolation problems, a lack of energy problems. These are huge, massive problems. But they're not the heart of the problem. The heart of every problem is always the problem of the heart. Always. During these extraordinary days, if we are going to survive, if we are going to thrive, we need a new heart. So we go to Psalm 51, verse 10, and make David's prayer our prayer. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Amen.